The podcast is That's Interesting. I'm Bill Moser, and I'm talking with Madeline Rubenstein of the North Shore Soup Kitchen in Glen Cove. Madeline, where is the soup kitchen located? It is Seven Continental Place in Glen Cove. It's right next to the Avalon, basement of the First Baptist Church, Glen Cove. And tell us, what do you do at the soup kitchen? We feed approximately 70 to 80 people. Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, a hot lunch from 12 to 1. Uh, the volunteers, there's 80 or 90 volunteers. We come in about 9 o'clock, cook and prepare the meals, um, sort food, etc. Who prepares the food? How, how does the food it's, arrive there? Is this uh, contributions? Right. Most of the local businesses are generous, and we get food that is not expired, but a little bit older, um, from the large supermarkets, from small markets. Uh, it comes in. We use what we can. We cook what we can. And what we can't, we repackage and let our guests take it home uh, to sustain them for the rest of the day or the weekend or when we're not open or they can't get to us. Do you want to mention some of the contributors locally? Yes, IGA, Rising Tide, um, Whole Foods, uh, Diane's Bakery, Panero's, uh, are just some of the wonderful people who generously give give us items. How did you get involved with the organization? What's your background? My background is business, and I was in the cosmetic business for about 40 years. I retired, and I wanted to do something with the free time I all of a sudden found myself with, and I showed up at the soup kitchen. I loved what they were doing. This is all mostly older, retired people with a strong sense of purpose and a strong sense of service, and it's inspirational. How many people are on, on the board? The board is about eight people, um, various religious leaders, um, people from uh, people from business, uh, reach uh, outreach programs with churches, um, people interested in serving the community. We have uh, Cantor G uh, Gustavo Gitlin from the uh, Temple to Fareth Israel in Glen Cove. We have Courtney Callahan. Uh, an outreach dire director of outreach at St. John's of Laddingtown. We have a wonderful woman, Dorothy Zambito, who's from Locust Valley, a retired teacher. Um, we have a businessman from uh, Manhasset, I think Bernie Rosenblum. We have Margot Hanford, who is uh, a business person. And we have a wonderful woman, Silvana Pascucci, who's a Harvard-trained lawyer. Uh, so the group... The group is a very focused, smart, hardworking group. I'd also like to mention uh, a fantastic woman, Estelle Moore, who's the president of the North Shore Soup Kitchen. And she has been, I think, for the past seven or eight years. And uh, it, it's really a, a lot of what goes on there is her vision. We're, we're pretty grateful to her. Your efforts were formally connected with the inn. Right. The inn is uh, based in Hempstead. It is. So for about 25 years, the soup kitchen in Glen Cove was a satellite of the inn in Hempstead. And the inn had another 17 
or so soup kitchens associated with them. A few years ago, for their own reasons, they decided they really didn't want the satellites, and they put forth some options for all the various soup kitchens to follow. Uh, We, like the others, decided to become independent. So we formed our own 5013C. We formed a board of directors, reviewed the mission, and we're now independent. We have to raise all of our own funds, but honestly, we had to raise all of our own funds with the inn anyway. But the inn had an emergency war chest so that if any of the satellites ran into issues, it was there. So it was a bit of a net. We don't have a net anymore, uh, but so far, so good. What was the reasoning behind the end severing there? You know what? I don't really know. We really weren't told. But my my opinion is there's a lot of legal issues uh, trying to control 17 organizations, how they prepare food. You know, there's a lot of liability issues. There's uh, New York safety, health and safety regulations that have to be followed. So I think probably uh, something something like that, but I don't know that. And you've been self-sustaining for how many years? 30. 30 years. Yes. Take us through a typical day at the soup kitchen. Well, we arrive at about 9 o'clock. We have very few. We do have three people on salary. One is a maintenance man. He gets there early, and he opens the doors, and he starts turning on the ovens and the switch. Then the cooks arrive, and there's usually two cooks. And we have somebody who's thinking through the food that's coming in and putting together menus for each day. So as the cook arrives, she knows that she's going to be cooking chicken and potatoes and asparagus. And all of that food is there for her and marked. So she'll start cooking, turning the ovens on. Then the rest start coming. We make, uh, we have fresh salad. So the other volunteers begin to chop lettuce and to wash. Everyone has gloves on. Everyone has hats on. Everyone is trained in safe food handling preparation. Uh, We have fresh fruit. We cut up fruit uh, for dessert. We have uh, baked goods, usually from Diane's. We cut up for uh, dessert. Uh, So the meal is a soup, salad, fresh, fresh fruit, um, coffee, milk, starch, protein, vegetable, uh, a complete, wonderful hot meal. And the maintenance man opens up the building at what time? What time do the volunteers come in? And what time is the food served? He is there about 8.30. The cooks arrive between 9 and 9.30. We will open our doors to our guests at 11.30, and we serve 12 to 1. At 1, we stop serving. During that time, we will also hand out non-perishable food to take home, tuna fish, pasta, red sauce. If people have homes and they have kitchens and they're trying to make ends meet, we will give them home to t- uh, give them food to take home with them. And we will also give out the extra perishable food that we couldn't use that day depending, again, on the age of the food. If we think it's going to go bad in two days, we give it out and try and get it to be used. The specific days? Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday. Friday, we give out more food because of the weekend. and We're not open again until Tuesday, so people have to last 
you know, almost four days, three, four days. Where do your guests, where do they come from? Most are from the immediate area. Few have cars. So they're really from the area, maybe Seacliff, mostly Glen Cove. Um, a lot of landscapers who are very busy in the summer and the warmer months, but not so busy in the winter. Um, a lot of families. The children are all in school, so we get children only in the summer. But in the summer, we have a lot of children. Do you qualify your guests, or they just walk in the door? and They can uh, walk in the door. We never ask a question. Never ask a question. But we have a caseworker available at all times. And the caseworker introduces himself and asks if he can be of any service. But the volunteers are trained not to become personally involved with anyone. Where does the caseworker come from? He is a local young man, and he works for us Tuesday starting, I think, 9 to 1.30, and he's available to all the guests. And he will help them make a doctor's appointment if they don't speak English. He will help them fill out applications for food stamps. He will help them talk to the school about their children if they're having issues. He will do anything he can to help them cope with the challenges that they face. The podcast is That's Interesting. I'm Bill Moser, and I'm talking with Madeline Rubenstein. She is the chairperson of the North Shore Soup Kitchen in Glen Cove. That's on Long Island in New York, people who are listening out of the area. Madeline, how are you funded? Uh, it's all self-funded. So we have fundraisers. We have a large event in the spring. And then we have some smaller events. We make pumpkin bread that we sell at the Seacliff Mini Mart, and we have uh, smaller events like that. Mm -hmm. And you use social media to get the word out? We do. We have a website. And we have a Facebook page, and the Facebook page is about a year old, and it's been extremely helpful because we can celebrate acts of kindness, acts of generosity, and it gives other people ideas. For instance, we had a woman, a grandmother, and a woman and her three little ones come in to the soup kitchen all excited. And the girls had set up a lemonade stand and when the neighbors found out that the lemonade stand was for the soup kitchen, they opened their wallets and their hearts, and those little girls brought in $250. They were so proud. We gave them a tour of the kitchen, and it, it was wonderful. We put it on Facebook, and now we have other mothers encouraging their children to do similar kinds of projects. And that's how Facebook's helped us. Facebook is just a marvelous way of communicating Absolutely. immediately with the community. During the holiday season, so many people say, what can we do to help? What can we do to help? And so we, uh, we went on Facebook and said, here's what you can do to help. Winter is coming. There's a lot of homeless people. They have, those men have to be out all day. Please give us $10, $5 gift cards to the fast food restaurants. That way... When it's snowing, when it's frigid, a man can walk into Dunkin' Donuts, get hot coffee and a meal, and sit there with that gift card. Yeah. We got so many gift cards. It was wonderful. 
People just started dropping them off from McDonald's, from Burger King. It was wonderful. That's fantastic. And we have them now. So we get, we, now, for instance, um, we knew there was a snowstorm coming. So on Friday, when we serve lunch, and we know who's homeless, every homeless man got a few gift cards to sustain them until the next week. Do your guests participate in the process? They uh, help in the kitchen or serve each other? Do we they, do they we help don't the, allow it. You don't? You okay. can either be a volunteer or a guest. You cannot be both. That's something that was a tenant of the inn that we sort of continued. And I do see that it's, it's helpful to separate the two. There is another facility in Glen Cove at the, um, the Presbyterian Church. How do you differentiate your efforts uh, for the homeless in Glen Cove from their efforts over in the uh, Presbyterian right. Church? Well, there's a fair amount of confusion, it's true. There is the North Shore Sheltering Program, and that is a program for homeless men, and it operates December, January, February out of the First Presbyterian Church. During those three months, there is a hot meal. They open at 7 p.m. There's a hot meal served to all of the men who are there, and they can stay overnight. They sleep on the floor, and at 6 in the morning, they need to leave. Um, but they are not sleeping outside, and they are not hungry. And that is the North Shore Sheltering Program. They also have the same caseworker working with them that we work with. So he is intimately knowledgeable with these men and can continue to help them at night. So it's really two totally separate programs. Is there anything else that uh, you want to share with our audience about about the soup kitchen? I'd like to tell you about holidays, what happens at the holidays. Um, I'll give you a an example of what went on in Christmas, which I think is so special. Um, I think the Kiwanis Club worked with Apple Bank to get us uh, toys for the children, and there was actually a, a, a lot of different organizations who worked to get us toys for the children. The toys all come in, and the volunteers come in the day before our toy event. We push all the tables to the wall and set up a toy store. The toy store is set up for boys, girls, ages, you know, zero to five, five to ten, teenagers, etc. Each guest, each of our guests who has a child has a, an appointment to come in and a volunteer greets her and she goes shopping for her gift. And what's so important about this is it's not just an item that's handed to her. Here's for your child that's wrapped. Like any other parent, we want to pick out just the right thing. We know what our children are interested in, what they need to be involved in, and they get to do it. After they pick out their toy, there's the, by the way, the volunteer has on Santa Claus hat, there's Christmas music in the background, there's hot chocolate and cookies. And they sit down and they chat with their neighbors, and it is just wonderful. So every holiday we try to make special uh, through decorations or special treats or special foods, uh, so that, you know, I, I think that these people might only be smiled at once every so often. So when they come to the soup kitchen, we want them to be 
as happy and as comfortable as possible. Are there uh, other things that the soup kitchen needs in terms of foodstuffs or, or say, personal items? Our society, we throw so much stuff out. I'm not going to use this package of 10 razor blades. And they wind up in the landfills. Uh, are there things that the soup kitchen would accept as donations, clothing or personal yeah. items? Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. The answer is yes. We will always take seasonally correct, gently used, clean clothing. We take winter coats, sweaters, hats, gloves, scarves in the winter, and summer clothes, spring, fall, etc. cetera. Uh, we also will take uh, non-perishable foods as long as they're not expired. Um, we will take, essentially, we're, we're looking for clothing. Additionally, on our website and the Facebook, there's a link to an Amazon wish list, which is very cool. We just sort of learned about that. It's very much like a wedding registry. So the soup kitchen constantly uses the same things over and over and over again. Large trash bags, paper bowls, paper cups, paper plates, uh, plastic cutlery. So on this wish list, you can buy anything from $10 or $5 to $100. So we we joke and we say, for your next birthday, tell your family you don't want a gift. You want something to be given to the soup kitchen. Go on the wish list. So that's another way Facebook has helped us and our website has helped us um, t- to, serve, to serve our neighbors who are struggling. The podcast is That's Interesting. I'm Bill Moser, and I'm talking with Madeline Rubenstein. She's the chair of the North Shore Soup Kitchen. Madeline, for our listeners that may want to contribute or volunteer? How do they contact you or the soup kitchen? Uh, please email info at North Shore Soup Kitchen, one word, dot org. Also, go on our website, www.NorthShoreSoupKitchen.org, and you can navigate through all of the ways you can be helpful, and it will tell you how to support us. Uh, so between those two things, you'll be able to reach us and contact us, work with us. Madeline, repeat both of those contact. Info at North Shore Soup Kitchen, one word, dot org, www.NorthShoreSoupKitchen.org. The podcast is That's Interesting. That's Interesting is a production of Moser Media, and it's recorded at WCWP Studios at Long Island University in Brookville, New York. I'm Bill Moser. Have the best day of your life.